0: Welcome to Conversations with Consultants,
1: a student run podcast for those who are looking to break into consulting. Here we sit down with established consultants and talk to them about how they got into the industry, their highs and lows, and advice they have for aspiring consultants.
0: I'm delighted to be joined by Monica Nugent. Monica did her undergraduate in Trinity, graduating with a degree in business and economics in 2019. During her college years, she was involved in the ICG where she led a project. She was part of an Enactus, and she was a peer mentor. Since then, she has been working as a consulting analyst at Deloitte as part of the human capital team. This stream of consulting is one which focuses on the organizations which are being challenged to innovate, digitize, and maximize productivity to create value. Thank you so much for joining us today, Monica. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. So, I'm kind of curious to know more about your time at Trinity.
2: Why did you pick Bess? Um, so, I think mostly because Bess is quite well known for the variety of subjects that you get to study. And particularly, you know, when you're a bit unsure of exactly what you want to do, which was definitely the case um, with myself. So, I think because you can kind of dip into so many different areas and modules and, you know, really figure out what you're interested in and what you're good at Um, I was also I really loved Spanish at school and it kind of you're able to do a language with it I know you're able to do French and German um. so I was able to do that for the first two years which I thought was great um, and it's just so applicable to so many different areas. Yeah you
0: were also part of the IECG the Irish Student Consulting Group Were you able to leverage this experience when applying for graduate roles or even on your early days on the job?
2: Uh, Absolutely. It was in in all the consulting interviews I did, it was really something that the interviewers were interested in. Um, They all sort of asked about how it was run and what I learned from it. So, you know, obviously consulting experience wasn't a prerequisite for the grad program that I'm on currently but it was definitely a great talking point um and it was good to be you know aware of the the skills and have an opportunity to practice them so things like flexibility communication and problem solving um and overall i think it gave a great insight into the world of consulting and the reality of projects sometimes you know not going entirely to plan um and it was really good experience to work with a team trying to you know pull things together to a high standard when the turnaround times are really tight you know obviously we had college and stuff going on at the same time so um I kind of learned early on that it is actually the reality sometimes you know the blessed plans kind of don't always come to fruition um so yeah it was definitely really good experience to leverage
0: yeah absolutely I'm sure our members will be happy to hear that (laughs) Uh Was there a particular moment within your college years when you realized that consulting really was the right path for you? Um,
2: So during final year, I actually, I did a module on international business and a lot of the coursework and exam prep was kind of looking at um, the things that impact business today and that kind of thing, a lot of looking into changes um, in the world of business. And so we actually had a couple of Deloitte grads come in to talk to us about human capital consulting specifically. And so I guess it really highlighted, for me anyway, the importance of the people side of business, which I hadn't actually thought about before. And so I just kind of liked the idea that, um, of kind of pairing the importance of people in business with all that I'd learned in the international business module and had the two of them really come together to sort of, I guess, create the changes that we don't know have happened yet. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff I was actually interested in during my time in college were quite people focused. Um, and then obviously the um, like Deloitte is such a big firm that there were so many clients in different industries and just it really sparked an interest. So you joined Deloitte right after
0: graduation and you have been working there for almost two years now. What would a typical day look like for you?
2: um i would imagine you get a lot of answers that um everyday looks different um, yeah. when you're in consulting and it is really really true i hadn't realized how true it would be um until i started working there but i think um it really depends on the project so currently you know my project is a bit it's it's quite fast paced and it changes all the time so it's really difficult to actually plan day to day what you're going to be doing but it then previously I was on a project that was very um, planned months in advance. I think we only had to make one or two changes to our, our project plan. Um, so it was so much easier to kind of know what you were doing every single day. Um, but I guess both are really good learning experiences and they teach you different things. Um, so I guess these days there's a lot of calls and meetings, you know, trying to keep track of everything that goes on in the different meetings. Um, but yeah, and the team are actually really good. For setting up social calls, kind of, you know, tea or coffee with um, some of the team members for 15 minutes, even it makes such a difference to the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so starting out as a young graduate, what were the challenges that you had to overcome? Is there anything you wish you knew before?
2: So I think the biggest thing for me was maybe around asking questions and kind of getting the information that I needed to know. For getting my work done. So I think I learned that no problem or no, sorry, no question is too small. And you can sometimes, it can sometimes be the difference between getting something done in two hours versus two days, you know. So I think, especially working virtually, you kind of sometimes I was thinking, God, I'm afraid I'm going to be bothering everyone with my questions on Skype. But um, at the end of the day, everyone wants to help you, you know. Um, to get your work done properly. So I think that was definitely the biggest thing that I learned.
0: Yeah, and Deloitte is um, known for all its support systems and being such an incredible graduate employer that really offers a lot of training. Um, Is there anything that stands out to you when you think back on your time in Deloitte?
2: Um, Yeah, so I guess coming back to the people and the training, you know, I think the team that I'm on, the human capital team, have been really great to each other during the whole time that I've been there. Obviously, we only got six months in the office and the rest of the time was virtual, so um, we've managed to maintain a really really good level of team connectedness, I guess, and I think that feeling would actually be um, quite widespread throughout the team. you know our leadership team are they're just really approachable and it's a very nice and kind of supportive environment to work in and to learn in um, and you're not afraid to get things wrong which I think is is really important because it's inevitable you're going to get things wrong and um, so yeah it's just it's a really really good place to learn. And coming back to
0: working remotely when you think of consulting you usually think of traveling to clients, being on site for most of the week, but all of that has kind of changed now. So how do you manage to still get those really important client interactions?
2: Yeah, it's been tricky for sure, Um, especially when you're trying to build a relationship with the client. But I think the biggest thing has been getting in touch um, consistently with the client. So even 15 minutes a day, um, having a standing call there to just touch base, has been really important on all of my projects so you know sometimes you get on the call and there might just be there's not really much of an update it's just a brief hello and how are you but it does kind of help to have that standing time there because even if there's not much going on in the actual project you still have a chance to chat a bit more informally and get to know them a bit better.
0: Absolutely and Deloitte uses the phrase business driven human led which is so true and those human interaction, that those really are at the core of all organizations. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, So if you're thinking about the future of work, how do you see that evolving?
2: Uh, So this is actually a very timely question. We're doing a good bit of training on that at the moment because the pandemic, I think, has obviously really accelerated um, the future of work. Um, And I think a big theme that arose before the pandemic and certainly has taken hold throughout the pandemic is the rise of the social enterprise, which pretty much means that organizations, they need to kind of start thinking of their employees as socially aware, empathetic, and capable of making decisions that that impact customers. So just to give them a bit more trust and a little bit more autonomy, which um, I think given a a virtual world is is a bit easier. Um, So I think, employees just in one of our trainings it was really highlighted that they want their voice to be heard and it kind of gives a sense of employee empowerment and another section of the training was on reasons why workers are are leaving their jobs and a few of the reasons were you know long commutes or inflexible hours and they want to spend more time with their family so i think what it really highlighted was that people are realizing the importance of work-life balance and that is something that I guess really came to the fore during the last year and a bit and people are kind of expecting a bit more from the workplace nowadays and they want an organization that cares a bit more um, about their well-being than making a profit I suppose.
0: That's really interesting. Um, So yeah, we would move on to a few quick questions now, if that's all right with you. So feel free to just shoot out your answers. What's your favorite thing about working at Deloitte?
2: Um, So I think I've mentioned people a few times, but I guess another thing is the experience that you get on your projects. There's so many different industries and so many different um, areas of work that you can get into. So I think that is definitely a highlight.
0: And what or who is your biggest inspiration or motivation?
2: Um, I think there's nobody really specifically that jumps to mind, but I think we do have such a good team that there's so many people you can look at and think, oh, I really want to be as organized as them or as knowledgeable as them. And um, I guess it really pushes you to um, improve on your skills and that kind of thing.
0: Great. Um, What are your passions outside of work?
2: I do love to read um, during my downtime. I think after being on the screen all day it's nice to get a book Um, and I actually really like running since the pandemic started. I downloaded the Nike running app. It's actually great um, if you're looking to get going on a bit of a run.
0: Great and finally what would your advice be for students hoping to work as consultants and looking to apply to Deloitte or other consulting firms? Um,
2: So I think it's really important to look for every opportunity you can to practice the important skills for consulting Um, and certainly when I was doing my interviews things that jumped out were flexibility, communication and problem solving so I would say definitely as well do your research into the company and find you know the area of work that aligns with the things you're genuinely passionate about and interested in, because it will really come through in your interview and on the job.
3: That
0: is really good advice. Monica, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all these valuable insights. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
4: I'm delighted to be joined by David Curtis. David Curtis is a finance and performance analyst at Deloitte. David joined Deloitte in the fall of 2019 after graduating as a double degree student from Dublin City University and Ecata University in Madrid. David, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Sam. Looking forward to speaking to you on this. So, to get started, David, could you tell us about your time at DCU and in Madrid? What made you decide to complete a double degree from two universities?
5: Yes, I suppose. Going into college, I just really wanted as broad an, ex- an experience as possible, um, but both in terms of kind the business sense and also in terms of the people I'd be meeting so I knew I'd get a really varied group in DCU and Globe Business was a brilliant course there but I also knew I'd get a huge group of people in Spain um, so in terms of a network building that was a great foundation we had people from France, Germany, the US um, so that was kind of really nice to start with but also you know you're getting two very different takes on a business degree um, from the DCU side and then from the Spanish side um, the other thing that I found quite interesting with it was they're two completely contrasting university experiences. Um, so I like DCU is, is so open and, you know, you've got a really broad range of people from all over the country and from abroad, the university in Madrid was quite different in the sense that it, it really quite private university and um, there'd be a lot of prestige around it as well. That was just meant it was a more select group of people, um, which again, fantastic for learning their, their different ways. Also class sizes were much smaller. Um, so it's like being back in secondary school nearly.
4: Yeah, definitely interesting to hear. And during your time in Madrid and at DCU, were there any student societies that you were involved in?
5: Yeah, that was actually one of the big things that drew me to DCU was I'd heard loads about their societies and kind of that, that campus life. Um, so when I went in, I knew I only had two years, there, really a year and a half with my internship. So I got involved with, Group called head starts straight away, which was social. Uh, it was volunteering essentially, and um, people with intellectual disabilities. But that was actually part of a bigger group called anactus, and that's um social entrepreneurship. So I think it's in, in Trinity as well. Um, and that was a fantastic opportunity because as I grew into what else the society did, I got to see you know the other projects they ran. I eventually became part of like an ordinary committee member towards the end of the first year, and then I actually became vice chair in second year. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to go to Toronto with Team Ireland um, for the Enactus World Cup in in 2016, which was a phenomenal experience, because you just see the level that Ireland are on, and they've grown incredibly well in the last few years in the Enactus space, but some of the projects worldwide, what students are doing, was just incredible to see.
4: Yeah, and speaking on internships, I know you just talked about that a little bit, but I noticed that you completed three internships during your time at university so could you tell us a little bit about each one did you find them valuable talking points when you were applying for graduate
5: roles or other internships definitely um I, I suppose i'd separate them out so the, the first one with spain startup that was kind of i sourced that on my own at the end of first year i was going over to do kind of a three-week course um, in spanish anyway in madrid um, so I just wanted to get a sense of what it'd be like to work in Spain, kind of see where my language level was at and, you know, what I needed to prove on ahead of heading there for third and fourth year. Um, so that, that was only a four week internship um, and it was more focused on translation and kind of website management, which gave me a kind of a nice starting point into working in a different culture. From there then, in DC, we had a portal for internships and with part of Global Businesses, a four month internship at the end of second year. Um, so that was quite interesting for me because I suppose this a bit of a theme along the way. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so I applied for a few different roles. and SMT Fund Services was kind of the first company that came up and um, that I got an interview for and, and I got it. So that was fantastic. Um, so they were in fund administration. and. You know, I was kind of working with systems like Bloomberg but it was more the experience of just literally going in it was four months day by day doing my operational role in that um, and seeing how that evolved and kind of seeing what my capabilities were with that you know just having your clear tasks each day to do learning how to kind of progress um, even in a short space of time that was really valuable for me um, as long as well as kind of integrating into a team which is really invaluable as you go on through your degree and, and into work. So that gave me then good experience when I was applying for my internship in Spain. So we had our first, say six months in Madrid before we had to start applying for roles. Um, obviously it was a bit more competitive trying to get Spanish speaking internships. Um, we'd only been there for six months. So that was, that was really good. And I ended up actually in um, real estate insurance which, again, is a completely different space. Um, But that, again, like, that was a much smaller team. Um, I I had initially been looking at, you know, kind of bigger companies, and this just happened across my path. Um, But I gained an awful lot from it. And I think it's one of my big learnings from internships is no matter what you end up doing, even if it's not something you would say, like, oh, my God, this was the role I was really looking for, you have so much that you can take away from it. So. It gave me huge confidence in my spanish it gave me huge confidence in my in my teamwork um kind of one of those big things of knowing when to ask questions you know so you're not sitting there wasting time um and yeah it it, it gave me a lot of confidence in myself and ammunition for the interviews that would come with the grad programs Then.
4: great and what sparked your interest in pursuing a career in finance i know you mentioned that you didn't really know what you wanted to do so was it these internships or was it student societies or was it something else completely?
5: Yeah, so to be very honest um, as I said I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and it was probably more consulting in general that was my you know that I was looking to get into for the very nature that the people focus Um, I love the idea of not probably actually through the internships not sitting there each day doing the exact same thing Um I, that was my biggest takeaway from the internships was that i didn't want that for myself so knowing that these would be big projects and i'd get to come away from them and you know have that kind of constant change was great um from there i looked at company culture i looked at kind of opportunities that were on offer and um, sima was a big thing for delight with me um as well as the company culture was huge um i just loved the way they it seemed to work so that was kind of why i focused on find some performance in the end um, that's how I've ended up here.
4: Yeah definitely interesting to hear but uh, shift the to shift the conversation a bit more towards Deloitte. So you joined Deloitte after graduating and I've been working there for nearly two years now. Can you take a step back in time and describe to us how your first day or even your first week at
5: Deloitte went? Yeah it does seem like it seems like an awful long time ago now but um, I, I think one of the real strengths of our grad program is you're heading in with so many other people so when I joined there was over 100 other Um, graduates joined with me. Um, And so that first week was very well constructed in terms of giving us a broad base. It was an induction program. None of us were straight onto client site. You know, we were given a general overview of of everything we would need to know essentially um, before heading onto a project while also giving us the opportunity to just meet everyone else. You know, even knowing your own intake gives you a huge base in the company of this kind of size. So That was the main, so the first kind of two weeks were all induction, different sessions from different areas of the company, um, teamwork, all those different elements which provided the base then for us to go forward. So I actually look back really fondly on that time, especially now when we're in a more virtual world, those memories of in-person induction were really strong.
4: Great, and now fast forwarding back to today, could you walk us through what your typical day looks like now?
5: Absolutely, so I'm in an operational finance role at the moment so my daily kind of role is coming in you know seeing what emails have come in seeing what tasks i have to do for the day and that's on the the client side of things um but i'll also have my deloitte specific meetings i will have the different groups i'm involved in from a deloitte side so i'd actually compare it a bit to like societies we've talked about there it's the same with a company like deloitte the more you want to get involved you can so i'm involved with a few different groups so i'd have meetings with them my Deloitte specific meetings and the client meetings and then all the work that comes from those.
4: Great. And looking back at close to two years now at Deloitte, what has been your most memorable moment so far?
5: It's a very good question. Um, I suppose I've been very lucky in the sense that I actually have loads I could choose from. Uh, Even if you put aside like the great satisfaction I get day to day from the client work, um, I would look at more of the, people-centred events that we put on through Deloitte, so um, a big one that stands out, we got it, we got a Christmas party um, before lockdowns all started in 2019, that was fantastic just to, to see everyone, but after that I would look at, I was, I was part of it involving, sorry I'll say that again, I was, uh, I helped involve, I helped, sorry, <laughs> I helped set up um, the, when the firm-wide events in the last few months, um, kind of like our practice day. So it involves everyone across consulting. So that was really interesting to see. We had speakers from all across consulting and a few external speakers. Um, so that's really interesting to see people on different levels. And the other one then that I look back on really fondly was I've been quite involved in the running club. And when we went into lockdown and we were heading into winter, we kind of noticed you know, there was no in-person races. People's motivation was fairly poor for, getting out and doing stuff. So I helped set up a November distance challenge, um, and that got fantastic feedback, just got, got people out running. Um, but it was in teams, so it got this brilliant camaraderie across the whole firm, not just across consulting, which was a huge win and uh, great to see.
4: Yeah, definitely sounds good. And now to focus more on finance and performance, there are a variety of services that Deloitte's finance performance offers to clients such as finance strategy business finance, global business services, operational finance, real estate, and location strategy. I know you mentioned that you work more in operational finance, but could you give us a brief overview of each of these subsections and maybe talk more about the work that you do?
5: So yeah, As I said, I'm in more of an operational finance role, but the the client I'm working with, Deloitte has had projects with them in the other areas, such as GBS or business finance and location strategy. So with these Big multinational clients, you have that ability to have multiple projects over years. So, operational finance, you know, can have your um, order to cash, procure to pay functions like that. But then GBS is looking at you know all the different processes in the business coming together. Um, I won't go into all the detail on the different areas, but. There's a lot in finance and performance, and I think one of the other things to take away from the different areas that we have is they they can work across consulting as well. You know, you, you won't just have finance and performance colleagues on a project. You could have colleagues from different areas in consulting as well, um, and we all work together, which really helps the strength of all those projects. Then.
4: Yeah, and as a finance and performance analyst, could you give us a general overview of the type of clients that you tend to work with?
5: Absolutely. So the huge range in, in the clients that we have across all kinds of industries, um, which, as I said, going in, in it is what I was looking for. You know, you don't want to be stuck doing the same thing every day. And so getting a sense of how loads of different companies work, um, is, there's so much to learn there. Um, but I think the common thing looking at the clients we have is they're all quite large scale clients, you know, we're not talking a few hundred employees, we're talking thousands or hundreds of thousands. So they're all, if you think of a transformation project for that, you're looking at multiple phases, a lot of time going, in, you know, a big investments. So um, yeah, it's the big scale offers then great opportunities.
4: Yeah, and in relation to Deloitte's finance performance, Deloitte emphasizes that businesses need to keep their fundamentals on track. How has COVID-19 impacted the fundamentals of the clients that you work with?
5: Yeah, like it's, it's an interesting one. I suppose COVID has affected all of us, you know, it's created this huge uncertainty in the marketplace. Um, so I suppose then it's for clients, it's how do you respond to that? All these big companies are looking to move forward and to be, you know, very forward focused, but there's that line between ambition and caution, which all these companies are having to to work at. so i suppose that's been the, just from from what i've seen the biggest thing to watch is you know how do companies move forward and dedicate resources to try and transform their business quite at the same time not having a clear picture of what you know even six months down the line looks like in terms of regulation or um in terms of whether people can even be in an office so that's been a, hu- a huge struggle
4: Yeah, and as we move into a post-COVID future, what do you think is the greatest challenge that your clients and the finance industry faces as a whole?
5: One of the interesting things to watch, it actually puts you in a great position, um, is, you know, unemployment is very, very low um, and people coming out of college are in in a great position, Um, especially if you're doing a business degree and you kind of understand technology. um, There's a real need for that in the market. So that's something that clients are... We're, we're watching and seeing that like clients who want to move more digital, they need that talent, um, which gives you more choice, um, but it also means companies are gonna to have to work hard to keep that talent and find that talent. So that's one side of it, but it's also the side of finance is changing and digital is becoming a huge part of that. So if you look at automation, changing finance roles, the finance function needs to be able to be more value add. Um, and not just doing the day-to-day processes, they need to figure out how they shift that talent and move it somewhere that's gonna be really valuable to all of our clients. So I suppose that they're, they're the interesting changes coming down the road once we get past all this COVID stuff.
4: Yeah, definitely interesting. And David, I'd like to finish off with some quick general questions you can answer as long as you want or you can make your answers as brief as you like, but who and what are your biggest inspirations or motivations?
5: Um, so I suppose like I have loads of um, inspiring people around me, you know, lots of hardworking people in the family or people who I work with, but I'd always put myself as my motivation, more specifically kind of my future self, um, not just in terms of getting to a place I'll be proud of, but how I got there. So I want to look back in 20, 30 years and say, look at what I've done, look at where I am and, and have positive stories that I'm proud of how I got there. Um, that's something I, I kind of cling on to each day, doing things the right way. Great. Right. And is there
4: anything that you're hoping to do once the pandemic officially ends?
5: Absolutely. Well, traveling is kind of the, the main thing at this stage. I've had a few friends who've um, moved abroad or even friends from college who are who are living abroad that I really want to see. But, you know, yourself now trying to plan those is a bit challenging at the moment.
4: And what are your passions outside of work?
5: Um, so like I mentioned earlier with the running, um, that's kind of my main sport, but um, so I'm definitely looking forward to races coming back in person. Um, but the other thing that I'm really into is Leinster Rugby. Um, so season ticket holder and can't wait to actually be able to use the ticket in person.
4: Great, and finally, what is your advice to university students who are looking to gain more experience or join a graduate program in the near future?
5: I think it's two things on that. First, just be yourself. I don't think any companies are looking for robots or they can find automation for that. They're looking for actual personalities. Um, and then the other side is be proactive. Like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm sure there are loads of people who are in that position. But you actually do need you know, to spend some of that time. I know it's difficult when you've got loads of subjects and stuff that you're studying for, but actually sitting down and figuring out, look, even if I can't figure out exactly what company I want to go for, what are the things that I find value in um and you can start to look for those whether it's in the company culture or some of the opportunities they can offer you spend that time and it'll really pay off towards the end Um, and there's so much information on company websites as well like have a good sense of what the company offers so you're not going in with the exact same reliance on your cd you're tailoring everything to the different companies Um, actually just on that in terms of looking for graduate program um our grad recruitment campaign starts in september for 2022 and the applications will be closing in 13th of october
4: all right great thanks for that info david it's been a pleasure talking with you today thanks sam it's been a pleasure
3: i'm delighted to be joined by Aisha. Arsha obtained a master's in space science and technology from UCD in 2016. After this, she joined Deloitte where she worked on identifying process pain points while using lean principles as a consulting analyst. Now she is a senior technology consultant and developer in RIA, robotics and intelligent automation. Arsha and other tech consultants work with clients to help them with imagining, delivering and running their future. So thank you for joining us today. I guess we'll start off with your time in UCD and what drew you to studying physics in the first
1: place. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, so hi everybody. Um, I took physics in UCD probably cause that that's, that was what I was focused all throughout my um, high school time. Uh, physics was my favorite subject along with uh, maths, something to do with my maths teacher as well, I guess. So, and I always wanted to do um, astronomy for bachelors. So the starting point had to be physics.
3: When did it click with you that perhaps consulting is something that you wanted to go down? Because, you know, uh, sometimes people feel like they have to strictly do business to go down
1: consulting. Yeah. So when did that click for you? Um, so I think it was when I was out of college, I was looking at all the opportunities available. Where, where, where could I go work, etc. Because it was just like with physics, you could go become a physics teacher or like, you know, you could go in academically or just anything else.
2: Um,
1: And just, I I found that like throughout just uni, just doing physics and maths and everything, your brain is programmed to think analytically very much. So you look at problems, you're like, okay, what's the solution for it? I wanna find the solution that sort of way. So, and I just drew parallels with engineering, you know, half the graduates from engineering degrees go into like grad programs for consulting and everything. So I was like, I thought it would be a good fit for me because like, you know, pretty much the same like engineering and really science Base courses I have like a lot of like you know it's basically the STEM discipline so I was like you know what I'm just gonna try and see um, and I the internship I did during my masters was also very engineering based so I was like you know maybe I'll be able to get along so that's why I was just like I'll try it and it turned out great.
3: The first few years as an analyst are said to be very fast-paced, like always changing and a rapid learning curve. So I was wondering what your biggest piece of advice would be for graduates who are looking to get in themselves into consulting.
1: Yeah. I think um, I'd say just keep your mind open because like with like with Deloitte and other companies, they give you really good um, training at the start. But when you're there as like a bunch of people out of college, you're very, you know, you can easily get, oh, I know all of this, you know, that sort of way. But I guess at that point, they might actually throw in a lot of good info as well. So mm-hmm. I think my two pieces of advice would be to actually take that sort of learning thing seriously. And the second one is just to, keep your mind open like because when you're going out of college you might base everything off of how you used to behave when you're studying it's going to be totally different to how when you're working so even if there's a project you want, you don't feel like working on or like you know don't think you might like or something still give it a go sometimes it's just you know it's probably you're going to get a really good lesson working from working with certain somebody like a manager or something who's like you know a really good person and then you might end up in a really good project because of that so you never know um, but yeah it's, it's and especially as an analyst I'd say just do a lot of extra um, curricular stuff as in not work related like you know we do have other initiatives within work to try to do that and there's a lot of stuff for analysts. You know.
3: I was curious to know if you ever saw yourself pivoting perhaps to another industry or another area of consulting or are you happy with like technology because obviously there's so many different like routes you can go down.
1: Yeah no I think I'm um, way too happy with technology. I applied for tech consulting. And at that point I knew it was, it had to do with like, you know, software development or something like that, because at that point, which just probably what, like four, four or five years ago nearly, um, the sort of job description you got wasn't like, you know, too, it's a bit vague because like, you know, you just want to keep it as open as possible. But I ended up in, as you were saying, robotics and intelligent automation team. And it was such a, like, it was a small team and I joined and now it's a, such a big team. So I've been so used to working in technology and actually liking that curve of like, you know, being a part of team that sort of evolved into such a, like our team is one of the biggest ones. Like, you know, it's a growing one within consulting now, tech consulting now. So I think I've been hooked to technology. I wouldn't think of changing, but maybe look at a bit more um, management type of roles, I guess now, rather like, you know, take a step back from doing all the techie techie work, I guess. Yeah.
3: Tell us more about that intersection between like tech and consulting and how that kind of plays
1: out yeah um you probably said the right thing like i've never looked at them as like two different things as (laughs) consulting and tech consulting or something like that but the whole idea i believe that our business like tries to make is that like you know if you're working on a project like try to identify your problem and solve it so each and the best thing about working like in this is like you can get any sort of project like one tech consulting project is going to be completely different to another one And a bigger consulting project might have a tech element in it. Like, you know, the whole thing could be a completely different, uh, the agenda or the aim of that particular project could be completely different and tech might be like a small element to it. Um, I think the best thing I I like about tech, um, working in tech is probably like, you get to learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. As in no two projects I've worked on has like been like the same exact thing. Like there is elements to it, like, you know, but like, I had no clue about SAP SAP, and I started working public sector for a HR team, and now I know their HR process and what they do with SAP. Like I didn't go and learn SAP like that or do any SAP certification or anything, but now I know like a lot of SAP. So that sort of thing is like, I think- You know,
3: robotic process automation has been maturing quietly over the last decade, and it's now used for enterprise scale deployment. So could you tell me from your opinion, I guess, how it has the potential to transform the workplace today?
1: Yeah. Um, so the whole point of RPA is to actually take away all the tedious stuff that what you wouldn't like to do, basically, and you know, give you time to do something better, something more value-added. If we are supposed to talk in consulting terms, basically, um, like the one thing I might I I wouldn't like to do about my job is probably the admin work. So somebody just came to me and said, Arsha, you know, let me do all your admin work for you. Literally, tell them thank you and give them a hug. So basically RPA is that person who comes and tells you, let me do it for you <clears throat> sort of way. Um, like what I've seen over, like for working in the last four or five years on the, in this is basically that there's people who are doing, like, you know, since they joined earlier, like, you know, there's business processes in place from like years ago, 10 years ago. And each person who comes in is trained on that process. Whereas you could actually look at it and think, we actually don't need it. That was a requirement, like, you know, 10 years ago. Now we can do it in a better way. So, and these people can be actually used to do something much, much value added. Like previously they might like, you know, have hired like, you know, somebody straight out of college or something to do it. Now they're um, taking in a grad. A grad recruit can do much, much more. You know, they can um, contribute in better ways. So it's just getting getting a company to a place where like, you know, their entire workforce is more technically sound Mm -hmm. and doing things like, you know that are out of the box basically.
3: Mm -hmm. Sounds very interesting. Also, like intelligence automation is typically more expensive and it takes a while to implement. So I'm curious to know when you're working on sort of large scale projects and, you know, they take a long time. What would a typical day at work look like for you then?
1: Um, We sort of do mix of both as and we do like um, tiny projects, which are like proof of concepts just to tell a business, you know, you can do this. Let's just take one of your processes and show you how it's done. That typically wouldn't take a lot of money or a lot of time. We could do that within like, you know, six to 10 weeks. So we do sprints like that as well, where we just go into a business, like, you know, learn about one of their processes and do an automation for them in like six to eight weeks. Um, or we could do bigger ones, just as you said. But like on a typical day, it's probably <clears throat> working on like, a, if I'm working on a client, then it's basically like, you know, engaging with them pretty much um, every single day of the week, I guess, having meetings talking them through what needs to be done, planning ahead if like, you know, what what will be happening in two weeks' time. And usually our clients are like, you know, there's a good few things in the pipeline. So probably I spend a good bit of my time looking at what's whatever is operation right now, just making sure everything's running fine. Um, and then the other thing would be actually pipeline building, like looking at what else can we just do in that business area. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. So it's a good mixture of doing business and tech work, I guess. Mm-hmm.
3: And then just a little bit more in depth about project work. So has there been any client, any
1: project in particular that you really enjoyed and you look back on and you really enjoyed your experience? Definitely the one that I'm working on. I'm currently working in public sector and like in the health area. So I got the opportunity to work in the health sector during a pandemic. What more? How exciting is that? Mm -hmm. So that's my first one. Um, Sorry, my best one, because I really enjoyed working during this time. It was quite challenging, but at the same time, you could see impact you're making straight away because like you know with the the situation how um because it evolves every single day but yeah that's my favorite thing
3: yeah and then we all know that obviously technology can improve efficiencies controls business intelligence for clients vendors and management as well so again a question for you is where do you see the future of technology and business processes heading then
1: it's just like with um, tech transformation I think pretty much all the big businesses have a tech transformation agenda mm-hmm. um, and Ireland I think is like a country that's like very ambitious about adopting new technology so I think in the next couple of years like you know a lot of the businesses are going to have RPS like or process automation or one of these like you know um, mm-hmm. areas and people and all the, as a main thing that they have within their business rather than like you know it'll be a part of like you like they have HR or something tech is going that to be including department. new yes it's just going to include things like RPA or like you know mm-hmm. um other technologies that they want to use like for it, one example that straight away comes to mind like since I'm talking to you is probably how hiring process changed for Deloitte so when I joined Deloitte like oh, four or five years ago like it was probably me doing that online um for going into the online portal putting my information in and just giving my cv and that was it and i was called in for an interview whereas right now our hr has changed the process to make it more like you know so we are like they they um the the, the cvs are scanned already before the human sees it's already scanned pre-scanned just like you know just to evaluate them uh, based on what what our um, requirements are and then you do your own online interview whereby you're recording yourself which, which I think is you know completely different as to what it was because you're supposed to meet in person and talk to somebody. So it's just adopting technology is just going to be, and I believe all the processes in a business are going to change drastically in the next couple of years.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, I agree for sure. And then we're just going to end with some quick fire questions. So first of all, um, I want to ask what your favorite thing is about working at Deloitte?
1: um that would definitely be the sort of support that i get from deloitte um from the day that i've joined like you know i think like when i joined such a big company i thought oh i'm just like you know somebody in the team they're not gonna know when when you're working as an analyst but like your managers the the type of people that work for deloitte is just absolutely different like they, they 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 just want you to be supported in all ways so i think i this Thing sort of like stands out for me always I think that um, I had like a personal issue when I just joined and the person who called me wasn't even my manager it was my director who called me straight in and was like we're going to support in you any way possible and it, it just blew my mind it was only two weeks into my job like I and I was only doing training at that time so this guy had only met me like two or three times but And it wasn't just just that incident. From that day to this day, the sort of support Deloitte provides for its employees, just like the best thing, it's the favorite thing about Deloitte. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then the next question I wanted to ask you is if there was any business leader out there who inspires you and why
1: so? Rather than telling you about somebody that I haven't met in person, I'm just gonna say my director, who I'm working with right now, her name is Louise, Louise McKenty. Big, big shout out to her. She's been like one of my inspirations over the last probably two, two and a half years since I started working with her. I think it's it's sort of, um it's sort of hard to find your place when you're a woman, women, like, you know, for women in tech and so on. But she's been like, you know, one of the leaders in our firm that sort of like stand up and the sort of support that I got over the last couple of years, like, you know, I want to be somebody like her when I sort of reach that point in my career.
3: And then what would we find you doing outside a day of work? What are your hobbies, your interests, your passions?
1: Travelling or hiking. Okay. It's either that sort of extreme thing where I'm out there or it'll be binge watching Netflix shows. So One or the other, Two extreme. One or the other, yeah. I don't do the Never middle in the
3: middle. <laughs> um, mm. And then finally, Um, I was wondering if you had any advice for someone who's currently in STEM themselves and kind of would like to go down that path of consulting but isn't
1: sure how to kind of get in there. Yeah, Yeah. no, um, I'd say if you do want to consider even just apply to everything, you know, you might even able, you might be able to even figure out if you like it or not during the interview process itself, depending on like, you know, what is being presented to you. But the main thing i'd say is like if you want to do like sort of the same stuff every single day might not be consulting might not be that fit but if you want to work on a different project each day meet like you know like you know that that for some people that just straight away tells you okay i want to do it or not because sometimes like for people i consider teaching at one point and i was like you know that that's that's good that's really good you're and from the culture that i'm coming from it's a really good thing to do as well that's a really prestigious career But then I was like, I'll be doing the same thing every single day. That just doesn't, you know, click for me. But with consulting, that's the thing. Each day you have a new client. You might not be even working in Ireland. Like, you know, we have clients elsewhere. You might be going to UK or like, you know, Germany to do a project, which is then again, absolutely different opportunity altogether. You're working from people from other countries. So, and the problems you're going to work with are different because it's just like every other household that's different. Every other business is also different. The problems they have is different. So, that that's I, I think the best piece of advice and I probably tell everybody I'm biased but I'm going to tell everybody to apply for consulting technology for the love Of course
3: absolutely yeah I think you're so right like consulting is just so dynamic it feels like you're doing something different every day and if you, yeah. you like that you know. Definitely, yeah. going to consider. definitely like
1: even i tell myself when new projects come along i'm like oh that's not something i haven't done and for like 10 seconds i get scared oh that i have i haven't done that i don't know then i'm like well good thing you haven't done that let's good go thing do you it. Haven't done it it's a big learning yeah. curve
3: no no that makes so much sense um and i you know we always encourage you know people in stem you know to get involved with consulting and business and stuff like that you know there's really valuable skills that can be brought across exactly. so i think you're Advice will really resonate with our viewers who are studying in STEM and Hopefully. stuff. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. That no was thank you. Uh,